You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock at BD Peacock on Twitter, Matt Williamson at Williamson NFL. We'll be making all of our picks for Sunday and our six-pack of best bets when we're taking on the Action Network head-to-head. Matt, by the way, you and I leading 5-4 to four in that category after one week. And, of course, breaking down everything we saw on Thursday night football. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. A lot of football watching going on the last 10 days or so, Matt, for you and I, and it's been a lot of fun. And Thursday night football, no different. What turned out to be a shootout here, somewhat surprisingly, the Cleveland Browns beat the Cincinnati Bengals 35-30. to It ended up being a pretty good game. Um, uh, I am rough on Baker Mayfield, and to be very honest, and I thought he played very, very well. So I want to give him some credit. I mean, uh, this was the perfect game script. It worked out extremely well for the Browns, being able to run the ball, staying balanced, Odell making a big difference. As I said, Mayfield playing really well. But here's the but. Short, super short week road team is always a bad combination and this is the first one of the year where teams are not as in great shape as they usually are or prepared for such things and wow in my opinion the Bengals defense is awful I I mean that was as big a takeaway to me as Baker playing well or Chubb or Hunt or Odell tackling was so bad Bengals D was really really atrocious that's going to be rough for the Bengals, and yeah. I mean, I don't think the game script for a rookie quarterback is he drops back 61 times. I don't think that's what you want to do, but no. when you look at the Browns' ground game, Nick Chubb, oh, 22 carries, 124 yards, 5.6 yards per carry, a couple touchdowns, like, wow, carrying the offense, and you're like, okay, 8.6 yards per carry for Kareem Hunt on his 10 carries and another touchdown, um, and a receiving touchdown as well. I mean, both of those guys going off. So if you drafted either Chubb or Hunt, I mean, we were wondering if it was going to be an either or. It's a both situation, at least for one week against the Cincinnati Bengals there in the Browns backfield. And yeah, the Bengals need to start tackling better. And they were bad at it last year. And they're still bad. They're still bad. Uh, I like what Burrow did. It still makes me crazy that Geo is the third down two minute back as opposed to Mixon. <laughs> Every I, I time mean, I saw him touch the ball, I was like, "Oh, Williamson is getting mad right now." I could, I could tell. <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I thought since he did well, you know, I we made a couple bucks for our listeners. I hope I I really was strong on Cincy plus six and a half, and I believe a little the, bit of a nail biter. Sorry to interrupt. I believe the term is backdoor cover. There, right? Uh, yeah, that was a yeah. backdoor special for Joe Burrow. That worked though. <laughs> um, but now, I mean, it's amazing. We're already at the point of the season where since he's 0-2 in the AFC North and looking up, um, it's going to be awful difficult in some of these tough divisions to overcome 0-2. They basically have to go 10-4 and from this point on to be a playoff team if you start 0-2. And that's just the way this league works. And, you know, last note, again, very nice work by the Browns, but 
the level of competition from week one in Baltimore to week two on a super short week against that defense couldn't have been any more stark. It was, yeah, a great opportunity for the Browns there to get right a little bit and get in the win column. And, you know, Baker Mayfield didn't have to do a ton when the ground game was working so well and they played off of that. And nice seeing Baker Mayfield on rollouts. And I think that's where he really shines and uh, and definitely saw that Thursday night. A couple of notes for me real quick before we get into our Sunday picks is, and we've talked a little bit about Joe Burrow, but I mean, how tough is that with this offseason? Just training camp, no preseason games, no rookie mini camps, no OTAs for him to roll in week one and start as an NFL quarterback is tough enough. And then to see him on a short week in week two, which is a really tough draw for a rookie first time NFL quarterback. You know, he was holding his head above water in week one and he looked at times darn good in week two on a short week Thursday night. I mean, uh, I'm impressed by the young man. Like if I don't know how you could be more impressed by what a rookie's doing right now and being forced into this fire to throw 61 times and and come out on top of uh, not on top in the in the in the um, score, but just to come out looking as good as he did throwing the ball 61 times, three touchdowns, no picks. I mean, the dude's the dude's legit. He's for real. I mean, I'm a believer for sure in Burrow. Yeah, I am too. I think he's going to be a great one. And you said it well. Like, whenever we analyze his rookie season, especially early on, all those circumstances you laid out, the fact that he doesn't look terrible is a win. Can the Bengals trade a wide receiver for a linebacker is my question. Yeah, and throw a tackle. In or an offensive lineman, yes. Yeah, right, <laughs> or right, both. I mean, bad. A.J. Green at this point, uh, some people were saying he looked washed up. I, it, it was a little bit of a rough outing for him. He was targeted 13 times, only caught three passes for 29 yards. I wouldn't say he looked washed up necessarily, but I would say that not only were there, was Joe Burrow paying him a lot of attention, but so were the Browns defenders. Yeah, and I know that the Brown family who own the Bengals, I think, want to keep guys like A.J. Green and Geno Atkins, who they missed him too, by the way, um, you know, for the long haul. But if you could get a pick for Green and get Ross and Higgins and those guys more snaps with Burrow, that would be great. And it's not a huge deal, but Azuma is a pretty decent tight end for them. Looks like he's out for the year too. He got hurt. Or even trade one of the other guys. If you want to keep A.J. Green, and I would get that. I think that's a, still a good security blanket for Burrow. And I would have liked A.J. Green out of Cincy for a long time, but now it makes sense yeah. almost to keep him and just let him play that out. Um, it's funny because you can tell, like, first day of training camp, Zach Taylor's probably like, hey, Joe, you can't target number 18 enough. And then at some point on Thursday night, he's like, you're targeting 18 too much. Let's calm down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and I can't tell if Green's washed or not. I mean, he's had some up and down moments. Week one, he started slow, and then him and Burrow, I thought, got things going. I hate to say this, but there was a few times I kind of looked at A.J. Green targets saying, couldn't you have put a little more effort into it? You know, like, didn't seem like, yeah. I, I'm not saying he was dogging it, but I don't know that he was biting, you know, tooth and nail to do everything he could to secure the catch or break up the interceptions or, you know. Yeah, and, and I think some injuries have definitely taken their toll on Green, so he's not quite mm-hmm. the dynamic player he once was on a Hall of Fame path at one point, but uh, he can still play, and maybe he could help out another team. I don't think Cincinnati's going to trade him. Maybe they trade John Ross instead, but, like, you know, if you can get an offensive lineman in there, at least at least don't get your quarterback killed, even if your defense is going to stink. You're right. And the linebackers, to your original point, right. are horrific, too. <laughs> right. All right. Let's move on to Sunday's <laughs> games, Matt. It was a lot of fun last week making our picks and, and drafting those picks. So uh, let's do it again, and I'll let you start off one more time. Okay. I got seven teams here, so I 
figured I probably only need four or so to complete the draft. So there's a lot of teams I feel good about. KC minus nine is my favorite. And maybe if our lines are a little different, I, I just am at my bookie here. I, yeah. But if, if I'm a little off, let me know. It's not going to change my my thoughts that much. I just think Mahomes versus Tyrod, uh, the style of play these two teams play. I mean, the, the Chargers are going to play very conservative, keep it close to the vest. I don't think that flies against the Chiefs. And here's, I think, all you need to know is Andy Reid on an extra long week preparing for a division opponent who he destroys anyway. I mean, like, nine's nothing in this for me. Much like your pick of the Ravens last week, right? It's just yeah. the, the number almost doesn't matter. They can't make it high enough for you? Right. I mean, it would be astronomical. I don't think this game will be close ever. I'm going to go with the Rams again. The Rams did me well Ooh. last week. Uh, I'm going to take the Rams. They're getting a point over the Eagles. I would have picked them straight up, so you give me that point. I'm definitely going to take that one. I did not like it all what I saw from the Eagles and the Rams for being a team that was, you know, quote-unquote, had a Super Bowl hangover last year. They were still a winning team, would have had the seventh playoff spot if it was the new format there in the playoffs. They're still a pretty good team. I think they're better than they were last year. At least they definitely looked like they were in week one. So I'm taking Rams getting a point over the Eagles. Okay, good, because I'm taking the Eagles, and I'll oh. lay the one. Um, money line would make me happier if it was even, obviously. Here's my thought process is I like the Rams, too. I don't I don't disagree with anything you said, but I do think Goff will be under more pressure this week, Fletcher Cox and company. It's a 1 o'clock game across the country in Philly, and I didn't like anything I saw from Wentz or that protection last week either. And I understand Aaron Donald's coming to town and he's going to wreck the show, but he wrecks the show every week and they don't go 16 and 0. You know, I mean, it's not like, I mean, the rest of that line doesn't scare me, I guess is what I'm saying there. And here's my take of why I'm taking the Eagles is I think this coaching staff and Wentz will realize the error of their ways and realize they should not have had the highest a dot in the league last week when they couldn't protect. I mean, throwing deep pass after deep pass, long developing plays after you realize you can't protect at all against a great Washington D line was coaching malpractice. And I can't believe they will do that again. And I also think the lack of a running back really hurt them last week and Miles Sanders returns. So I think people are a little low on the Eagles right now. I do really like the return of Miles Sanders. But again, I also preach that running backs don't matter. <laughs> Week one, I would have taken the Eagles. Even though with the Rams, I don't love the stars and scrubs, you know, team building. I do believe an improved McVay and Jared Goff this year is what we're going to see. And that fixes a lot. And I think that will just raise everybody else up. And those NFC West teams are going to beat up on each other. But when they're playing outside the West, uh, I think they might be a little bit underrated. Okay, coming up, we'll get to the rest of our six-pack of picks, our best bets for Sunday that we're keeping track of throughout the season. But we'll take a look at and make picks for every game on the Sunday slate. Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether there are corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders. They call us by name always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us and our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support, so now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless Visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner 
of the NFL. Matt, you're up. Game three of our Sunday six-pack. I'm going to take the Bills minus six in Miami. I might eat my words on this, but I think Josh Allen looked a lot more comfortable, and it's only one week. And I, I know we only do power ranks periodically once a month or so, but I've been I'm going to do them once a week for Pro Football Network. And I was torn between the Dolphins and Jets as my 32nd team. I, I think this is a bad football team that is still very light on talent, still a couple years away. I thought Fitzpatrick played terrible last week, and the Bills D is no fun. I'll give you six in Miami. Six to the Bills, or six to the Dolphins against yeah. the Bills. I have no problems with that. I will say that I think the Dolphins will look better than they did against the Patriots in week one, uh, but it's really hard. It's really hard to pick a bad team against a good team to cover that number. You know, yeah. and like, and I, I, can, I don't think they're going to win straight up. So I'm leaning Bills. I don't feel as comfortable, but I think I got to go Bills with you on that too. All right. Who's your How pick? How about the Baltimore Ravens? Mm, that was one of mine too. Was it? Did I steal it from you? That's okay. I okay. have a lot. Okay. Good. <laughs> uh, Baltimore Ravens giving up seven points over the Houston Texans. Uh, the Ravens are just so good. Maybe, I mean, top two, top three team in the NFL. The Texans look like garbage in week one, aside from. One David Johnson touchdown at the beginning of the game. I feel like there's a potential to unravel there for the Houston Texans this season. Don't want to completely count Deshaun Watson out. That can make up a lot. Just very low confidence everywhere else on that team. And there's the opposite potential for the Ravens to overtake the Chiefs. Is like this team is just unbeatable right now with the way they play defense, the way they play special teams. And, oh yeah, Lamar Jackson's getting better. Yeah, he's getting better. Scary. He absolutely is. And... I heard a stat, don't quote me, but the Texans either were worst or second worst in the league last year at allowing quarterback rushing yards. Eh, that doesn't sound so good. Yeah, not great. Um, not, not a great matchup for that problem. Um, and the other thing I think that the, the takeaway from this one is I think the, those big press man corners for the Ravens are just going to manhandle Fuller and Cooks and Cobb and really beat them up off the line of scrimmage. The Ravens are a much better team. I think Houston's an average team. I think the Ravens are a great team. Their style of play travels. They're, you know, I trust them. Seven and a half is not an obstacle for me. All right. Let's see. We each have two now, right? So this is number three for you in our six pack. Yeah, I got a lot here to pick from. I don't have them prioritized. I'm going to go with Seattle at home, minus four to the Patriots. And I know New England had a nice game. I think their secondary is still strong, and we'll probably see Gilmore on Metcalf, and that'll work fine. But I don't think that front seven is very good in New England, and I just think that too much is going to be asked of Cam to keep up with Wilson because the weapons in New England, to me, are bad. And, and I think the team speed of Adams and Wagner and all that back seven talent Seattle has should be able to contain Cam pretty well. Russell Wilson's pretty darn good. Russell Wilson's good. Um, I like what I saw from the Seahawks in week one. I think they're an improved yeah. team, and they were already a really good team, obviously, before. But anytime you're giving Bill points, my ears perk up, <laughs> and I'm going to take the Patriots on this one. Okay, okay. And I like yeah, what I saw a, from... That's a good enough reason in itself. <laughs> and I like what I saw from Cam. I don't think the fall-off is going to be as drastic for the Patriots 
and they've got their quarterback situation at least figured out for the short term, I think, and that could be a lot of fun, I think, uh, for that Patriots offense, even though there's not a ton else there for them. Give me the points. Yeah, I think the, the Patriots can keep this within a field goal, even if they're on the losing end. Okay. Let's wrap up. We got the one more of the six pack. Yeah, right? one more of the six pack. I'll finish it off with they were good to me last week. Let's keep it going with the Packers. They're giving up six and a half over the Lions. This is one that Chris picked yesterday. Um, and I like it a lot. Packers did me so well. Rams and Packers both. And actually, the Ravens won for both of us um, last week as well. So let's see with the hot hens there. I'll give up. I think the Packers can win this easily by a touchdown over the Lions. I was really torn on this one. It was not one of the ones I was going to pick. And I think your logic's really strong. The conversation yesterday is really strong. The Packers look like a way better team than the Lions last week. But I spent all offseason saying the Packers are overrated, yeah. the Lions are underrated. You know, and one game, 60 minutes of football of both. I'm going to stick with my fruition a little bit here of, you know, what I thought all summer. And I just think six and a half is a pretty nice number. I don't think the Packers lose, but I think – Detroit keeps it close and finds a way to lose as they so often do. <laughs> they, they find a way to lose just by not quite as many. <laughs> right, right. All right. So there's our six pack of picks going up against the action network. We'll roll over those one more time. Just so you remember Matt and I picking the Rams over the Eagles, Ravens over Texans minus seven uh, Packers minus six and a half over the lions. Matt's three were chiefs minus nine over the chargers bills minus six over the dolphins and Seahawks minus four over the Patriots. And for the Action Network, it's Giants plus five and a half over the Bears, Cowboys minus four over the Falcons, Colts minus three over the Vikings, Panthers plus eight over the Buccaneers, Cardinals minus six and a half over Washington, and the Packers minus six over the Lions. Matt, let's you and I pick the rest of these games right. that are not in our six pack, starting with the Chicago Bears hosting. The New York Giants. The Bears coming in 1-0. Giants coming in 0-1. Bears favored by 5.5 at home. I'm with the Action Network on this one. I think that I might like the Giants' offense more than the Bears' offense. I mean, I'm pretty sure I do, to be very honest with you. I obviously like the Bears' defense much better, but it looks like Quinn and Mack are both questionable. I don't love that. I just think this is a close game without a ton of points. And five and a half is plenty for me. I thought Daniel Jones played pretty well. No way is Saquon going to be wrapped up anywhere close to like he was in week one. I, I like the Giants here, plus the points. I don't know if it was the Steelers front seven, but that Giants offensive line scared me quite a bit. Um, five and a half, yeah. though, is just too many. So I'll take the Giants as well. But I do like the Bears to win this one. And if Mac plays, that could be problems for Daniel Jones and that Giants offense and maybe Saquon even again. Um yeah. Uh, did you see the comments from Tiki Barber about Saquon Barkley saying that he's a big back, 230 pounds, but he wants to play like a small back and it's not going to fly? I didn't read them directly, but I had someone had told me that he had also said something about Saquon uh, not being involved, not being very good in protection. Yes, that's the other thing he said. Yeah, we, we've said that for a while. Mike Lombardi's been harping on that for years. It's very true. I paid a lot of attention to that leading up to giant Steelers, and it's definitely a problem. I mean, um, I don't know that he doesn't play like a big back, though. It's not like he doesn't drag the pile or, le or lay his shoulder you know, or, or drag people or play physically, but he does have some of that Barry San Sanders mentality of uh, negative one, negative one, eight, yep. you know? Yep. 
And uh, I don't know if it's a, a lack of vision or he wants everything to be a big play. And I remember one of the things, the knocks, pretty much the only knock I had of, about him coming out of college was, man, he bounces everything. And I don't know if it's yeah. just a lack of vision or not seeing it inside or he just wants to look for the big play in a Barry St- Sanders-like way. But, I mean, I don't think Tiki Barber's necessarily way off on that. And I, I think there's definitely some no. room, room for improvement there for Saquon Barkley. The, the pass protection needs to get better. That, that yeah. is a big problem, and it really hurts teams. Like the Steelers just kept – the Steelers didn't need the blitz, but they did to make Barkley protect, and he just olayed T.J. Watt and guys like that. You know, like that's yeah. – you can force backs into protection. That worries me a little bit about Edward Hilaire, to be honest, going forward. Yeah, he's not a very big guy, and it's sort of a different, different reason for um, – I mean, yeah. and even guys who aren't that big can lay into linebackers and, and can be really good oh, at protection yeah. too. So it's more of a mindset than anything else. You're 100% right. And real quick on Barkley, it almost reminds me of that super talented quarterback with a huge arm that if you're always the most talented player on the field, obviously in high school at Penn State, even at this level, you don't always have to do the little things well to be great. You know, I'm not saying he's lazy. It's just like, "Ah, I got this huge arm. I don't have to be a great anticipatory thrower. I'll throw a rocket and right in where I need it to be. You You can fall into bad habits. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. We've got to do this quick. We'll finish yeah, okay. up our Sunday picks. Peacock and Williamson. NFL Game Pass is a must for NFL fans this season. Get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays. See all the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. Relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle all in one place. And the coach's film, which is fantastic. NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. To the Jaguars at Titans. Both teams coming in 1-0 and in the AFC South. Matt, how do you see this one? Tennessee, by the way, favored by 7.5. That's a big number, and it sounds like A.J. Brown could be out for a while, which is really, really worrisome. But I told myself I'm going to bet against the Jags after their week one win because I think the world might think that they're kind of good now, and I don't think they're kind of good. So I am going to bet against the Jags. I didn't care what the number was or the opponent. I was just going to tell myself I'm going to do that. I'm going Jags here. I'm team Jags. I think they can keep it close. I think they can play a brand of football that's not the worst team in the league. Uh, And the Titans didn't blow me away by what they're able to do, putting numbers up on the board. So seven and a half is a little too much for me if it was closer to six points. But you get start getting over a touchdown there. I think the Jaguars can keep this close at least. I think the Titans win this one. But I'll go Jacksonville here. And Tennessee's kicking game isn't so great. Right. <laughs> yeah. Gus <laughs> how many how many kicks is he gonna miss is a, is a right. key there because that can start to add up very quickly, missing nine <laughs> points uh in week one. Corey Davis, I think, can hold it down at wide receiver. The, the, like they don't yeah. throw the ball so much that they need to feed all those mouths at wide receiver. So if they lose AJ Brown for a short time, it's okay. If they lose him long term, then that could be a problem. I gotta be honest, I'm gonna switch to the Jags. I just think seven and a half. <laughs> yes, I, I convinced you. I know. I just told myself I was going to bet against the Jags. If this was six and a half, I'd have no problem. But no kicker, no A.J. Brown. I don't know that they're beating anybody by more than a touchdown. 
Let's go to the Vikings at Colts. Two disappointing teams from week one. Indy at home favored by a field goal. I like the Colts minus three. I trust them to get it right more than I trust the Vikings to get them right. Both these teams were miserable in week one. Well, the Colts didn't play as bad. It just didn't go as well for them. They did some dumb things. They didn't change their coverage as much. Rivers turned the ball over. I just think the Vikings are not good. I I think they're a below average team where I think the Colts are an above average team that didn't play well. I don't have a lot of faith in either one of these teams after week one. Coming into the year, I had more faith in the Colts than the Vikings, though. So I will stick with the Colts just as you are. Uh, And and I think you said it well that I... I believe they'll get it right more so than I believe the Vikings will get it right. Yeah. Um, just too much changeover. I mean, both teams had a lot of changeover, but it was in the negative direction for the Vikings in the positive direction for the Colts. Yes, agreed. I think this would be a down year for Minnesota. The 49ers heading to New York. The dreaded East Coast flight and 10 a.m. starts for the West Coast team, yet they're still favored by seven, but it's because they're taking on the Jets. Yeah, Jets, again, I mentioned the, the Jets or the Dolphins were fighting for my 32nd spot in my power ranks. And the Jets do stop the run well. I mean, that's the stumbling block I have with laying the seven and it's across country and the 10 o'clock start. I just think that the Niners get it right. You know what I mean? Just back to our conversation of if one of these teams going to come back much stronger after their week one performance. It's absolutely San Francisco. I think the worst thing that happened to the Jets this week is that the 49ers lost in week one. I thought they may, yeah. you know, this is like what 10 a.m. game, long flight. Um, this is where the Jets could have laid in the weeds and maybe beat the 49ers or kept things really close. I think there's going to be an angry 49ers team, and I think the Jets are going to pay for it, especially Sam Darnold's going to pay for it from that 49ers defensive line because they don't have to play contain like they did last week against Kyler Murray. Nick Bosa this week talking about how he's looking forward to a normal rush plan this week. That spells doom for the Jets, and so uh, I'll take the Niners and I'll give up those seven points. I think it's going to be a, a blowout win for the Niners. I mean, you know, maybe not a huge number, but something like 27 to 10. It wouldn't shock me if your Niners combined for 10 sacks and turnovers combined. I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, Jets are going to run into uh, a bus off. The 49ers can't beat the Jets. Then there's bigger problems in San Francisco. We have to have a different conversation Monday. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go to the Broncos at Steelers. The 0-1 Broncos and the 1-0 Steelers. Uh, Both teams playing last Monday night, now playing each other this Sunday. Uh, Steelers yeah. by seven and a half. I say seven and a half is the number I've been hearing on this one. I wish it was seven, but I, I'm not big on Denver. I think Drew Locke has a lot of work to do. Although he looked fine, um, Von Miller being out, AJ Bouye being out. I just think the Steelers are a much more complete team. I think the Steelers D will cause a lot of problems for Garrett Bowles and Locke and all those guys. Both tackles. I'll lay the seven and a half, but that half has me. Th- thinking about it a little bit yeah I'll go Broncos on this I was impressed by Drew Locke I like what the Broncos have going on I think they play a brand of football where they can at least keep it close Mm -hmm. so uh, unlike week one I don't think the Steelers are going to blow out the Broncos even though I do think the Steelers can win I think the number's just a little too high for me so I'll take the Broncos okay Panthers at Buccaneers the 0-1 Panthers at the 0-1 Buccaneers and it is one of the Action Network games. They have the Panthers and giving up those eight and a half points. How are you feeling about this one? I don't know if I, I'm not confident enough in the Panthers to to go that route, even though eight and a half is a big number. It was a strong case made in their favor yesterday, but I don't think it's kind of like the Niners argument. Is Brady going to look yeah. bad two weeks in a row? I mean, I don't think so. 
I wish I knew Chris Godwin was playing against an awful Panther secondary, but I still think the Bucks bounce back big. I'm with you. Uh, I'll take the Bucks and I'll give up even eight and a half points there. Okay. How about the Washington football team traveling to Arizona to face the Cardinals? Both those teams coming in 1-0. Yeah, and I do think Washington's D-line causes problems. This is a seven-point game, too. But I don't know if they get to Kyler. You know, I mean, like the Niners have a great D-line, too, but they still have a tough time getting Kyler on the ground, slowing him down. Hopkins, I think, blows up yet again. I'll lay the seven, but that seems like a lot. I think people are a little overexcited about Arizona. I mean, I don't know that they're a type of team that should be seven-point favorites right now, but I'll do. I'll still. What lay if it I told you it was six and a half because that's what we gave Chris yesterday? Ooh. Does that change things for you? It makes him. Oh, certainly. I took Arizona anyway, but so it's certainly more comfortable for me because okay. I, I could easily see a seven being a push. Yeah, uh, that was one of their picks, and I definitely like the Cardinals here. I think they're a much better team uh, if. The one thing that Washington has going for him is that pass rush and having a, a mobile quarterback slows that down or, you know, maybe you have a normal rush plan and you try to go after him and he makes you pay because of it. Um, I think that bodes well for the Cardinals. I would have hoped that this would have been closer just because the the because Washington won and Cardinals, Cardinals have been a bad football team, but uh, I still got to go Cardinals here and I'll take the, I'll give up those points. Yeah, I probably wouldn't touch that one, though. That'd be low on my yeah. list of games to bet this week. Yeah, I was a little surprised they jumped all over that one. Um, but I can see the argument for for putting money on that as well. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Let's see, where are we at? We already talked Ravens, Texans. Here we go. Last one on Sunday. No, that's it. We already talked Ravens, Texans, right? We already talked we got, uh, Patriots, Falcons Seahawks. and Dallas is one I think we missed. Oh, there we go. Yeah. You're right. Four and Falcons a half. And Dallas. Dallas favored. Dallas favored by four and a half. This is another one that the Action Network picked. I forget who they picked, though. They I'm going to take Atlanta. Let me go Who'd back and double check. They have Cowboys. Yep. Cowboys okay. giving up four to the Falcons. I, I think Dallas is clearly the better team and um, will rebound in a big, big way. But this just seems like Matt Ryan throwing all day and coming back and making it close in the end, even though they're the worst team. You know, the, making it a four point game, a three point game you know, 31-27, but Dallas was a better team the whole time. I like that four-and-a-half number. I'm with you, and I believe they have it at four, so we, mm, we can even okay. go at four. Um, I'm with you. I'm going to go Falcons because I'm not a believer in the Cowboys. The same reason I bet against the Cowboys in week one is the same reason I will. I don't like them being favored here. So I'll take the Falcons. They can keep it close. I think the Falcons are a bad team that they're like a good, bad team, if that makes sense. Yeah, right. And right. the Cowboys are like a bad, good team like they were last year. And I, it was funny. I think the funniest thing to hear about the Cowboys was uh, listening to Packers fans talk about Mike McCarthy and what was going on with that Packers offense. And they're like, yep, same guy. And, and they are, they are <laughs> Packers fans are as down on Cowboys uh, the Cowboys this year as anybody. And I, I find that very interesting that, you know, it's the same guy, and um, that that just made me laugh. But a uh, little and overrated. Cowboys fans are watching the Giants offense going, Jason Garrett, same guy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so funny. That is exactly what's going on. That is hilarious. Um, so, yeah, I think the Cow or the Falcons can keep this one close. And so, yeah, I do, too. Land. I just think they'll throw on that secondary enough to stick or hang around and late Julio touchdown, backdoor cover. There you go. And by the way, that's where all the money's going because this was it? it started out at seven, and it's already all the way down to four. 
Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Seven yeah. seems like a lot. Yeah, that is a, that was way too much. I would have been all over that. That would have absolutely yeah. been my first pick if it was seven. Um, yeah, all right, good cool. Good stuff, Matt. There yeah, are our picks for Sunday's games, and then we'll come back Monday, break everything down that we saw over the weekend. We'll talk a little bit about the Monday nighter that's coming up between the Saints and the Raiders. We have you covered every day here on the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show.